Good morning to each one and greetings in Jesus' name. We just don't get one week from one week to the next or one, one day to the next will bring into our lives. I want to begin this morning by extending my sympathy to each of you in the passing of Brother Keith. I came into the Southeastern Conference about two, in 2005 and Keith Crider was someone that I didn't, didn't really know. Got to know him a little bit, and then when I really got to know him was when we were ordained into the ministry, started going to meetings where Brother Keith was, and then more recently, Bank Ministerial Council with his bishop oversight here. And I've really gotten to know to appreciate Brother Keith and working with some memories I have of Brother Keith, we couldn't beat him to church when he was scheduled to be here. He was always here. He and Eva were here when we got here. Another thing I remember is he would call, when I greeted him, he would call me Lucas. That's Spanish for Luke. So that was special. Someone pointed out, well, this isn't original with me, I was talking about the hole in the roof there at... MAM in Guatemala, likened that to the to the hole that Keith has left. Left a hole there in Guatemala with MAM, the people there. It's left a void, a hole in each of our hearts. It's left a hole in the Southeastern Conference, Raleigh Springs Congregation, Strasburg Congregation, Bank Congregation, COP, many holes are left. But Brother Keith was a respected man and a man of integrity. And I will miss him. Turn with me, if you would, to Psalm chapter 46 for the message this morning. Message text. <clears throat> the first song that Brother Tony led, Be Still My Soul, came from this passage. I've titled the message this morning, Be Still and Know That I Am God. I want to use Psalm 46 for the sermon text, and then I want to read a few other psalms, and then I want to open it up. If you have something you would like to share, a memory or something about the message, if there's anything that you would like to share, so you can be prepared for that. How many of you remember back in September, Brother Keith preached a message here titled, On Death and Dying? <clears throat> and I quote Brother Keith out of, I listened to that message. When I got the word that Brother Keith passed away, I knew I was going to be preaching, scheduled to preach here this morning. So my mind went a different direction for the message this morning. <clears throat> I quote Brother Keith in that message. He said, when a loved one dies, go to the Lord for everything that you need, end quote. And he also referenced brotherhood. We have each other to lean on. And what a blessing that is. That we have the body of Christ, brothers and sisters in the church. Song that I thought about as I studied this 
It was in our Zion's praises. It's, I need no mansions here below. It says, when burdens come so hard to bear that no earthly friend can share, tears drive away the smiles and leave my heart in pain. Then my Lord from heaven above speaks to me in tones of love, wipes the tears away and makes me smile again. <clears throat> Psalm 55 verse 22 says, Cast a burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. So that's what I want to do this morning. I want to point us to the Lord. I want to look at some of these couple psalms of comfort. Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. He shall not be moved. God shall help her in that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow, he cutteth the spear in sunder, he burneth the chariot in fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Be still and know that I am God. You see this phrase on plaques, wall art, hanging in people's homes. And these words are spoken directly from the Lord. As this psalm moves along, then suddenly you hear the Lord speaking in first person. This psalm is a third person narrative. And suddenly we have this quote from the Lord that says, Be still and know that I am God. And we like when we receive a message of comfort directly from God. So this morning I want to look at this phrase, Be still and know that I am God. In the context of the rest of these verses. Why is he saying, Be still and know that I am God? These words in verse 1 are not unfamiliar to us. We have words like refuge and strength. We find the word refuge 18 times in the book of Psalms alone. And as the writer talks about the presence of God among his people and what it is to put your trust in him. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. The psalmist gives the emphasis of the presence of the Lord by saying he is a very present help. The word present here means close to or next to. To be present means that you are here. I well remember at Heatwall at conference, 
They'd do the roll call. And they'd give out the names and people would say, here, here, here. They'd come to Granddaddy Nelson Heatwell and he would say, present. But it means the same thing. It means that he was there. I am here. I am present. When we describe God, we can take the prefix omni and put it in front of the word present and we say he is omnipresent, which means he is everywhere present. God is always everywhere present and we can take comfort in that. Having the understanding that God is omnipresent is an incredible comfort that we have in the word of God as it relates to our relationship with him. He is here. He is present. He is with us. And this omnipresence of God is a reflection that casts a shadow on all other truths that we may derive from God's word as it relates to the character and the presence of God. It happened, and we may be tempted to think, where is God? Does God really care? Is God really present? In the book of Jeremiah, I'm trying to think of the reference, I don't have it written down here. <clears throat> In the book of Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah sent to the elders, priests and other people that Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. He had told them to build houses and settle down. He told them to plant vineyards and eat the produce from their gardens. They were to marry and have sons and daughters. Their children were to also marry and have children to increase the population. They also were to seek peace and prosperity of the city. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. The Lord God had told Israel, don't let the prophets and diviners deceive you. Don't listen to the dreams that, you caused, that they caused you to dream. The Lord said they are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them. It's in Jeremiah chapter 29. If you want to turn there. Let's go to Jeremiah 29. The story goes on, when 70 years are complete in Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. The verses I'm looking for now are in verse 11. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me when you, when you shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord. So this is a promise we have in God's word. He says, seek me with all your heart and you will find me. 
Notice that this promise comes with, a, comes with a requirement on our part. And that is, we must seek Him with all our hearts. Not in a way that He is hiding. He doesn't play hide and seek with us. See, God is spirit. And that is what Jesus told the woman at the well. God communicates to us through His Word. He communicates through spiritual communication. He communicates through the Holy Spirit. God is our refuge and strength. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere present. He is here. And I praise God for that this morning. We can call out to Him in times of sorrow. This psalm talks about enjoying God's presence in troubled times, even in times of sorrow and grief. We can call out to God. Matthew 5, Sermon on the Mount, verse 4. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And because of that, then we go into verse 2 where it says, Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. If we take these two verses literally, God is a very present help in trouble, even if the world is literally coming apart. The Psalms are poetic. And I guess it is possible that the psalmist wasn't talking specifically about natural disasters here in these verses. That's what he had in mind. Maybe it's a symbolic expression of where you feel that your world is being turned upside down. And in that time, whether literally, literal or symbolic, the truth that is expressed. And the opening part of this psalm is God is there. He is present. He is omnipresent. God is a place of security when all else is insecure. Verse 4 says, There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. The holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. Here we have a river. And it says the streams that come from that river make glad the city of God. That city of Jerusalem. This psalm expresses thanks for the deliverance of Jerusalem, the city of God. The psalmist here is painting a word picture for us. There isn't a river that runs through Jerusalem. During Hezekiah's time, he rechanneled a spring to go through the city when they believed that the Assyrian army was coming to conquer them. And those armies, they would surround the city with people and not let anyone leave the city. The people that would then starve to death, 
But if you had water flowing into a city, it could last, you could last a long time. But if you had no water that flowed into the city, there was only a short period of time before you would hear, before you would have to surrender to the army. So King Hezekiah diverted one of those springs into the city so they could have a water supply. But it wasn't anything like having a river as a water source. Another thing we have here is some prophetic foresight by the psalmist of another river that flows into the city of God. And that is the river of life. It's the river that the apostle John saw in his revelation of Jesus Christ where he saw the holy city. Turn with me, if you would, to Revelation chapter 22. Revelation 22, verses 1 and 2. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, this water is flowing in the middle of the, of the street. And on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. So the river of life is something that is going to happen. These verses give us a picture of the abundant life and continuous blessing of the new Jerusalem that John saw, where you have one river containing the water of life. And it comes from the throne of God, and it waters the entire city. Psalm 46, verse 6, The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. What is this telling us? God is sovereign and he controls the armies and conquests. And he controls the rising and falling of nations. I believe the psalmist is pointing us to look at history. Look at the history of mankind and see how God has intervened. See how God has responded to the needs of men. With his purpose and within his will... He has arranged the rising and falling of nations. See how God has responded to the needs of men with his purpose and with his will. I believe God is calling us to notice and acknowledge him. Proverbs tells us, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. To acknowledge the Lord in my life, in your life, is to say that God is working in my life, and he shall direct my paths. I believe the psalmist is wanting us to see in verses 8 and 9 that God is the sovereign ruler of mankind. 
where he says, Come, behold the works of the Lord. Verse 8. He is inviting you and I to acknowledge that God is sovereign. It's important that we get that point. Because that is the context of verse 10. God is sovereign over the kingdoms of man. So this, word, this is the word that goes out to the enemies of the Lord. And this is also the word that goes out to God's people. Verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. My purpose will be achieved. My plan will come to fruition. To the unbeliever, he says, be still and know that I am God. Lay down your battle and surrender. Then to the believer in Jesus Christ, be still means to rest in his presence. Know that I am God. Know that I am capable. Know that I am working. Know that I will be exalted. We're to still ourselves before God. Why should we be still? What is it that we should know? That in spite of all the chaos around us, the one who is with us is God himself. He is the authority. He is the power. He is the might. Nothing can withstand him. Man exalts himself. God says, I will be exalted. It is God that gives the breath of life. The very breath that we breathe comes from God. Oh, that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Says the Lord of hosts is with us. We can have the confidence that the same God exalted in all the earth is with us. We need no more. The ultimate source of peace in this troubled world is a clear vision of who God is and faith that he is completely in control. Life may be full of confusion, but in God's presence in the city of God, in his hiding place, in the shelter of the Most High, there is peace. There is rest for you. All right, turn with me to Psalm 23. I just want to read these verses. Look at this psalm with me as one which invites us to rest in God. It's a psalm of David where he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. See, the shepherd helps the sheep find rest. He helps them find pasture and water to meet their physical needs. Verse 3 says, He restoreth my soul. And that continues the parallelism begun in verse 2 of the shepherd's ministry of caring for the sheep 
And he says, He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The shepherd guides in righteous ways. When we are afraid, it is difficult to relax and rest. But the shepherd calms the sheep in times of danger too. Verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Next, let's go to Psalm 31. Another Psalm of David, titled My Bible says, My Rock and My Fortress. Psalm 31, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow, bow down thine ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock, for an house of defense to save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for the name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net that they have laid privily for me. For thou art my strength. Into thy hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. I have hated them that regard lying vanities, but I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy. For thou hast considered my trouble. Thou hast known my soul adversities, and hast not shut me up into the hand of the enemy. Thou hast set my feet in a large room. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Mine eye is consumed with grief. Yea, my soul and my belly. For my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. My strength faileth because of mine iniquity and my bones are consumed. I was a reproach among all mine enemies, but especially among my neighbors, and a fear to mine acquaintance. They that did see me without fled from me. I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I am like a broken vessel. For I have heard the slander of many. Fear was on every side. While they took counsel together against me, they devised to take away my life. But I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my God. My times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Let me not be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon thee. Let the wicked be ashamed and let them be silent in the grave. Let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak grievous things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them the trust, that trust in thee before the sons of men. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man. Thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he hath showed me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before thine eyes. Nevertheless, thou heardest the voice of my supplications when I cried unto thee. O love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful, and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord.
I need no mansion here below. The song that was going through my mind as I studied this. Verse 2 says, Oh, the thought to me is sweet, that my loved ones I shall meet at the ending of the journey here below. Seems I hear their voices blend in a world without an end. I won't worry when the time shall come to go. When Jesus comes to claim his own, I will move to my new home. I walk and talk with him upon the streets of gold. A mansion there is waiting me. Soon its beauty I will see in that city where we never shall grow old. And of course, I need no mansion here below, for Jesus said that I could go to a home beyond the clouds, not made with hands. Oh, won't you come and go along? We will sing the sweetest song ever played upon the harps in glory land. And that's by C.S. Grogan. Let's have a song, then after that I'll open it up if you have anything you'd like to share.